Before we start, here's a message from one of our friends. First, there was the DC Comics News podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I am the Knight. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones. I am the Knight. Welcome to the show where people share their passions. Everyone is a geek about something. I'm your super dummy Paul on a mission to learn from people's experiences. This is Era of Geek. I hope everyone is enjoying the new season and the wonderful guests we've had on. There are a lot more to come, including today's. So why don't we get started? Hi, uh, my name is Eric Lee. I'm a staff writer for Dark Knight News, a Batman fan site. I'm also a staff writer for Fantastic Universes, which is a general a general geek uh, nerdy website. Additionally, I also have written and illustrated my my own uh, comic that's available on Webtoons called The Breakup Artist, a story about a girl who gets hired to uh, break up with the uh, break up with other other people's boyfriends and what that's like. So, uh, so I spent my time doing that. It actually just recently got completed at the end of, of 2021. And, um, and that's, uh, so far my presence on the internet. Um, but, uh, but I'm always looking forward to doing more projects or writing more stories or writing more news about, about anything related to geek culture. So have you got any projects on your mind currently that you might go into next yeah right now currently right now i'm i'm in the process of of writing and illustrating contributing to uh, anthology um comic for uh one of the guys from fantastic universes tony and then uh, where he'll be publishing anthology comic that uh, and i'll be having a small contribution to it so so that's currently what i'm working on other things that i'll be working on at the moment is also trying to I'm trying to get my own podcast up and started about also talking about geek culture. Um, but I'm still in the process of trying to figure out exactly like where, where I wanted to go or like what I want the specific focus to be on. Um, uh, and also after completing my webtoons uh, comic for the Breaker Bars, I've enjoyed the process so much of writing and illustrating my own comic. I want to take the next step to try to get the webtoons published in an actual um, physical copy book so I could sell that sell that around. Um, and additionally, I've, I'm also trying to pursue creative writing more. And, and I'm already in the process of trying to think of my next news story idea for for my next webtoons related comic book um which which it's in currently in the ideas phase and probably will take a year or two to actually go from from writing from written script to to actual illustration to actual um being seen on the internet yeah because you've obviously i mean how long did you do the breakup artist for because that was long 
time. It was a long time. Um, I originally started publishing it back in 2017. Um, and then it, and it just finished at the end of 2021. 20, so that was a four year process with, with some breaks between it, between for, um, a couple of months, uh, for me to like work on it some more. Um, but even then before that, I was working on it for at least a year or so before it actually was published. So, so that's a good four or five years of, of focusing on writing, you know, writing, rewriting, um, illustrating and trying to figure out all the mechanics of, of using webcomics because it's my first time uploading a webcomic. So there's a lot, had to iron out a lot of bugs of how to do stuff, how to copyright, how to properly format it to, it to someone's computer. Um, so once I got started on that, it was, it was like a, a consistent machine-like quality of scheduling where I had to like make sure, okay, I had to turn in, I have to turn in like um, X amount of pages every day. I have to turn in X amount of pages per week. And then hopefully I could turn out at least one, one chapter per month, give or take. Um, so, so I had to keep on that disciplined uh, scheduled process for, uh, for three to four years. And, um, and I'm proud to say that I managed to keep my deadlines for the entire time. I've, I've never came behind late or, or had to take extra week. I, I gotten close at it a couple of times, but I've always managed to pull it out and, and just like, um, work at it with drawing it with drawing and, uh, and writing, um, the whole time. And yeah, it's a, it's, it's a process where it's not linear, where it, where it's not like I, I write and the script's completely done and I never touch it again. And then I go and then I start drawing. Like it's a, it's not a linear process. It's a back and forth process where I write and then I rewrite. And then until I finally get my draft to where I want it to be, then I'm like, okay, I'll just stop. I can start drawing and doing the art, but then the art, but then once I start doing the art, then I, I'm still continuing doing rewrites of later chapters. And then going back, I draw the art. Sometimes the art inspires me to do the scenes a little bit differently or change the dialogue. So it has to be going back and tweaking it even then or changing some of the, some of the smaller plot points from then. And, and then coming back and rewriting it and finishing it from there and, and then publishing it. Even publishing it, it sometimes it sometimes takes on life of its own. When I publish a live web uh, web comic, you tend to get feedback from your audience, and you kind of get comments. And those that feedback and that and those comments tend to change some of the things that you that, that you may have initially thought, um, because you realize certain audience members are responding to this character more, or they are responding to to this character and and thinking that maybe it's too much. So it is so even then I'm like. Even though after I publish a first first couple of chapters, I'm still going back and retweaking it, retweaking it, and trying to perfect it as much as possible to make it as good of a good of a storyline as possible. Sounds like a full time job. And as Tony would say, you're giving that shit away for free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm probably would say I'm a good artist. I feel like I'm I'm turning into a, a pretty decent creative writer, but I'm a terrible business person. Um, so I, I have no concept of how to how to appropriately uh, how to appropriately like 
make it pay, uh, pay for myself. That's why I'm trying to now get into actually publishing it as a graphic novel. Um, that way I can, that way I could like publish it, have a physical copy in my hands and physically show people or give to people and say, this is like the work I've done for the past couple of years. And then on top of that, it'd be great if I could also get paid for it too. Um, that's probably because my prior, uh, my priorities as far as, uh, as far as like what, uh, what I want out of out of creating web comics or creating a graphic novel or publishing, it's not it's not really monetary. That's that's not my main that's not my main priority or objective. My main priority objective is to just get my work out there, just to share to share some of my thoughts, my viewpoints of of what I think. Some and hopefully some people will enjoy it. Hopefully people will will respond positively to it. Hopefully people will. Will resonate with it um those are my top priorities and then if i can make money off of it if i could if i could get some reap some financial rewards that's even that's even better but not my, my not my top priority so so like tony said i'm giving away for free mostly because i don't know how else how to do it otherwise <laughs> i'm curious because you mentioned that um obviously you you tweak it based on um, how you think it's going and the comments that you get and what sort of feels right after you've started the process. Mm-hmm. How far away, the end result, how far away do you think it's come from where it initially would have ended? Pretty, they're pretty dang far. It's <laughs> I, I have, um, I have the original draft on my saved onto my computer and, and I have, I've opened it and reread it recently, and it's like it's not even like the ending is completely different than than what I originally intended, which is totally fine. Um, because that's that's the point of of it. Writing shouldn't be just a process where you just put it on a shelf and say, "Okay, I'm not going to touch it again." Um, it should be a process, a, a live document where you are constantly changing it, tweaking it, adding stuff to it. Because as time goes on, I get feedback from other people or I just straight up like have different inspirations once it when it hits me like if I happen to be experiencing in life or watching something on tv or or reading it in a book and I'd be like wow what I just read or experienced or watched that's what I want in the comic so then I'll have to go back and try to add those inspirations into my comic as much as possible so so I would say if if comparing it to my my actual story versus what I my original first draft, I'd say it's a probably um, probably only fifteen percent of it is is probably still survived um, in in the original fashion that it was that was originally written in, and then beyond that, um, motivations have been changed. The ending has been changed. the The climax has been changed. Character beats have been moved around, or switched, or added. It uh, so so definitely I had it went back and re and re edited a lot, and um, and it's something that that I feel like a lot of people a lot of say where it's like art's not really ever finished. It's just abandoned at some point because you have to get it out by the deadline. So that's how it felt. Where it's like if I had no deadlines, if I had no other 
job or no other commitments, I would just be tweaking at it, retweaking, retweaking all the time. But then at some point I'm like, I have to bite the ball and say, oh, I got to get this published for the sake of the deadlines. And, and that's, and that's the product it turned out. And my hope is that, that it was a successful product and that it reached, um, people and it, it helped, uh, touch people. It definitely is a product of being a live serial comic, which allows it to change over the course of the series versus if it was just a book that had to be, the entire thing had to be done and then had to be um, published by the, by a deadline or the entire movie, like it, that had to be done. Um, this definitely felt like that it evolved over the course of the series because um, my life has changed over the course of the, uh, of the series where, uh, where I've moved around, I've gotten a couple of jobs. I've, I've experienced different people and, and, had different uh, different experiences, so so all that probably in some fashion has has been seeped into my writing at some point through general os- osmosis of um, and then and then it comes out in certain ways. Um, so it's fun, it's interesting, and it's different from it's definitely different from what I originally thought was the writing process. Um, before I started writing the script, it's it's very different process. It's a lot more back and forth um, than I than I originally intended, but it's a good thing. I enjoyed that. Yeah. How did it all start? Where did the inspiration come from? Um, the inspiration really just started. I just is really just the strength of of the the concept of the idea of thinking the breakup artist. What a great name! Very evocative. Very slightly mysterious and but you kind of understand what it is immediately where it's like a breakup artist oh sounds like someone who does breakups for uh, for a living and and then thinking that sounds like a really good concept for you know, for a romantic comedy dra- dramatic story at the very least uh but then thinking about it you have to think it's like okay well well if we have someone who's calls themselves the breakup artist you know, like my character june is how does that affect her? What does that mean? Like, how does she, how does she come to that point in her where she's like thinking, yeah, I can do this. I, I can go in and do something incredibly intimate uh, with, in people's lives, such as getting in their romantic relationships and doing something incredibly invasive, like breaking them up. How did that, how do they go? How does she go there? Because that's not a normal thing. That's not a normal thought process that, a human being would normally go through, but she does. So part of the part of the drive for for the story, for the first two uh, one third of the story, is just figuring out like why did she why does she do what she does? Um, so so that's part of the uh, part of the hook of the story as well. Um, and it kind of just goes and branches out from there, which is like how does she how does that affect her normal life? How does it affect her own personal? romantic life has her affect how she sees the uh, people or how she sees the world um so strength of the concept just like a hidden inspiration of concept just i when i was thinking about it when i went to the gym one day and then it's just kind of like doing a deep dive of what does that mean but what does that mean or what about this what about this and then you kind of start blossoming it into into a more fleshed out idea and then start to have to 
uh, formulate a, a storytelling narrative around around the idea and say, okay, well, what does that mean? It's like, what's the, so what are we trying to say here? What are we trying to do? Um, so part of my part of my goal is to also like come up with a couple of a couple of ideas, a couple of themes for the uh, for the Breakup Artist comic um, that hopefully is is a little bit more weighty than a, a typical like romantic comedy comic book or romantic comedy um, movie or TV show where it's where I, I do want to kind of think about certain things like is it possible to to have people change um for the better or are they kind of like not going to change so it's like there's no point of keeping a relationship alive and you just break it off or are people able to change are people are people just kind of stuck the way they are like i felt like that was a really important idea to explore in itself which which that's when when i hit upon that idea that's when it really started clicking for me as idea as a concept and um and like it helped me inform exact um, a little bit more where the story needed to go. I'm curious as to who you are outside of this sort of side of you as well. Like, what else do you do to to relax? Outside of that, I've always been a huge um, sci-fi nerd. I've always been a huge, um, a huge uh, movies, video game uh, guy. I also I. I so I like consuming a lot of those products, and and nowadays with with all streaming services, it's crazy the amount of content that we're that we have available. So at this point, I am now kind of like at uh, embarrassment of riches of like, well, I don't know what to watch because there's so much good stuff out there that I'm that all my friends recommend to me, or that so many people on the internet have recommended, and it's like. Well, I don't even know where to begin. It's like, should I go here first or should I go here? And then do I want to dive into this? Because that'll, because if I dive into, say, a show that's been long running, it's like, that means do I have to commit to like 10 seasons of it or whatever at that point or or what? So so that's that's one, one piece of me that I'm really into. I've always been into um, reading and, and listening listening to videos or podcasts about, about like the storytelling method. Um, I always found that interesting even before I decided to start writing myself. Um, I've always been really into that. Um, I've, uh, I'm first and foremost, a huge, huge, huge comic book, uh, superhero comic book fan, like by easily, I am embarrassingly, um, into, into Marvel and DC comics, uh, superhero stuff like crazy, um, which is, Originally, why I joined the Dark Knight News um, staff, where I want to—I already read about Batman. I already followed news about Batman. Now it's about uh, writing my own stories about Batman, or or reporting on it. Um, and that's and that's been awesome. It's been such a blessing to to meet all these like-minded uh, fans who are equally fanatical about uh, Batman, just like me. Um, and it's been really fun. Uh, I, I honestly cannot um, think of a better time to be a, a geeky, nerdy person where there's just so much good content and there's so many like avenues to connect with people who equally show, share the same passion for your interests. And it's been really awesome because I, I remember back in 
in high school, middle school, where it's kind of like people know know superheroes or people know comic books and stuff, but it's not as as intensely as it is now. Like it's easy to talk about about superheroes and and especially Marvel superheroes and the Avengers with people because so many people have a, such a good working knowledge about about all those crazy comic book ideas that normally are only in the comic books but like since then since then, especially thanks to the um to the to the Marvel and DC movies have really expanded people's horizons of like storytelling and and weird bizarre con- sci- sci-fi concepts or or strange um comic book like ideas and and idiosyncrasies are really only in a superhero comic but that people know about it and and people are able to to talk about it with me and so because that i feel a little bit more i feel a little more like in it's easier to start to be in a community where you could get people to talk about nerdy stuff and and talk about geeky stuff and get almost just as excited about about it as you um so I felt like that it's really been a blessing, especially in the past, somewhere in the past 10 years or so. It's really been a blessing to, to see how the world has kind of changed and, and, and um, accepted a lot of new geek and nerd, nerdy stuff into their general pop, popular culture or, or general um, just n- popular like knowledge like it's very it's very fun very cool um and a lot easier to like meet and talk with people and go pretty in depth about about comic book superhero stuff i completely acknowledge that but there's a lot of not so good things that are that that just generally just come when the community starts expanding and being more accessible to to everybody everybody because then we start bringing in all sorts of other people um and then it actually is actually interesting because that kind of stuff like makes me sort of also like not have an existential crisis, but like be thinking internally about myself and my my geekness um, versus versus another person's geekness. Thinking like, well, like uh, because I think a lot of people's examples of like mainstream geek is like, oh, you know, someone's someone's a huge fan uh, says they're a huge fan because they you know they watch the avengers movies which is like yeah that's that's cool that's great um but but that's really just scratching the surface and it's really and it's really like well yeah that's cool it's like yeah, but did you know that there's like all these other areas of of the avengers they're excited that, that they could get into that if they want or all these other stories that the movies barely scratch because they could only do so much um so there's always that piece and then and it kind of copulates to like thinking well are these people considered fake geeks because they've only they're only really just movie fans so they've only seen it like once or twice or whatever as opposed to like me who i've been i've been doing this for for all my life pretty much i've been in this world for all my life and and does that make them a fake geek but then it's like but then i also have to internally think it's like well what's my first experiences with with geek culture specifically well for me personally i grew up with with um uh really learning about like batman from the original batman the anime series um show that that used to be on um fox 
it's like, well, does that make me a fake geek too? Because, because uh, that's how I got my start really is there's no one way to, to like have a avenue for, for like what's considered to be a real geek. Um, but it does kind of have to like bring up these existential questions of like, well, what does it mean to be a real geek? Um, and what does it mean to be fake or a poser or whatever you want to call it? Um, I don't know if I necessarily have a, have a firm idea of what, of what that is. Uh, my, my uh, personal, personal goal is to never not be a, I don't want to be a gatekeeper and say, well, no, you don't really know because you don't, you don't really know anything about comic books because you've never like done this or you've never seen this or you've never watched this movie. Um, I don't want to really want to be a gatekeeper. I want to try to embrace people's enthusiasm and, and passion for, for whatever as much as possible. And just think of it as we are all on trying to be, on, we are all on different levels uh, where I'm definitely, I'm definitely super in depth into it. And it's, and a lot of it has just like encompassed like just my life and, and who I am as far as my passions go. But at the same time, it's not, it's, it's definitely not fair to just point to someone and say, well, you only seen, you only seen like the movies. So you're not really a, you're not really a fan because that's how I started too. I've only seen for a long time. I've only seen the Batman cartoons or the X-Men cartoons or the Batman movies, but I haven't read, I've never read the comics until, until I, I was a little bit older. So for, for that time period, does that make me not a fan? So I think as far as like the expanding and mainstreaming of, of geek culture, it's a wonderful boon. Um, but it, there's also the, the not as positive qualities or, or the, the fanboys that, that, that come in who claim that they're fans, but then they like rouse up, rouse up all sorts of arguments and, and, tr and start trolling people on online and, it's and there's a lot of there's always a lot of that um but i also think it just it just helps to try to maintain a perspective on on the things of like what is your geek cred well i don't want to deny anybody geek cred i want to be as open to it as possible and just sort of like going from there um as far as as uh trying to think of what my place is in the in geek culture and what everyone else's places are as far as being a geek as well so you mentioned though that where you started off so it started with the animated series how did it progress from there so you said it took a while for you to then start buying comic books how comes uh it's probably mostly because of of accessibility i've never i i never really knew where to find comic books as a kid uh at most i at most i've had some scant experiences of finding Batman comic books when I went to the public library, but you know, the selection is not that big. This was also back in the day before the graphic novels boon really exploded. So graphic novels weren't as widespread as they are today. Um, the library that I used to go to as a child did have a uh, kind of floppies or individual issues available, but the selections were pretty small and, and, at, and I would always read them all uh pretty ferociously and then after that i would be like great but i don't know i don't know where to get my own um 
And then occasionally there would be just like random promotions or, or sales. So like it, where I was able to get free, free comic books. So like going back to the public library, I remember there's a, there's one, there's one promotion where the public library, like actually, um, in association with Marvel, like published their own like Spider-Man comic book, but it's, it's about like literacy. So, so it's like Spider-Man and then like some supervillain like zap, zapped them into in the book. So he would have to, you know, have adventures with King Arthur or he had to have adventures with Moby Dick or something like that. Um, but that was like, at least, that's at least like, great. I have this comic and it's mine, even if it's a bit of a bizarre adventure where, where Spider-Man is going through like all these literary characters um, or like McDonald's. I remember one time actually like had a, had a promotion with, with the Spider-Man cartoon show. And then one of the promotional items was you could get f- three free Marvel comics uh, as long as you fill out your name and address. So I, so I filled it out. I sent in the card and they sent me three comics from the, uh, a Spider-Man cartoon. It's like, it, it was a kid's comic, but it was the, that was made for kids. That's easy to digest. It's not, it's not the mainstream continuity or anything, but that got me started because then, because then after that, because then afterwards they would say, Hey, your, your three free comics are done. Would you like to continue your subscription? Which I said, yes, I would. So then I, so then I really got into the Marvel marketing, um, marketing ploy of, of getting a free sample. And then, now you could pay for a whole year's worth. So I did. And then I, so I got, so I started subscribing comics that way. And then after the kids comic, after that series was canceled, that my subscription was still, was still live because I still had a couple of issues from my subscription to that they owed me. So they ended up starting to send me, to send me like the actual mainstream Spider-Man comics and, and that was a really crazy time for me to go get into Spider-Man comics because the current issues that they were giving me at the time were right in the thick of the Spider-Man clone saga, which if people don't know, it's like the craziest, weirdest time in Spider-Man history, comic book history where he's where he, he's replaced by his clone, but there's like a thousand clones and a lot of people are like, who's the real Peter Parker? And then... Spider-Man and, and Mary Jane are married and they're having a baby. And then and some other guy named Ben Riley is is blonde and he's Spider-Man and he has a different costume. And we're talking about all these really out there sci-fi concepts, such as such as Spider-Man going to virtual reality space to fight to fight virtual reality villains, or Spider-Man having to, to go to, to go fight against his evil clone against oh, that's backed by an evil corporation it's like it's so bizarre and and i had those couple of issues of the clone saga and now and i read everything about that when i say everything i mean i mean the stories the the, the ads and the marvel comic house ads where they give you brief synopsis of like what's going on in the in the rest of the marvel universe and giving blurbs of like other issues that are going on and that just like blew me away as far as as far as like what is happening, this is a wild, crazy, crazy world that that Marvel Comics is doing at the moment. Um, and I've and I wanted to know more about it. So uh, eventually, at some point, um, like I my uh, I eventually found a comic book shop, and I was able to like go through and and get caught up on these on issues and get and 
get the back issues to see what's going on and see like and then start piecing stuff together and that's really where where the comic book um collection piece really just blew up and and grew into a massive like behemoth that that i have nowadays is it a large collection that you've got yeah it it used to be a lot larger i uh, a couple of years ago, it got too unwieldy when I was living in an apartment and I had to, and I sold off uh, parts of my collection because it's just too much, too much stuff, physical space to store and I needed it for a living. So, but I, I still love collecting comics. I still do it to this day. I still follow Spider-Man and I still follow a lot of other comics uh, on uh, either online um, with my Marvel Unlimited app, which is which has a whole library of, of Marvel comics, or or just going to my local comic book store and buying um whatever whatever I hear is really good. So so um currently uh the outside of Spider Man, currently the other comic book that from Marvel that I'm just extremely excited and jazzed about is is uh, the Immortal Hulk which is which is like um taking the hulk and making him into a horror a straight up horror comic where uh, with the with the horror vibes and and like gross out gross out art and body horror where the transformations are grotesque and disgusting and the and the characters are much more are much more sinister and the hulk himself has yeah, has a sinister devil personality that does ironic punishments to the villains and it's intense and it's crazy and it's so and so wild i've and the best part is it fits completely into the established continuity of the previous whole comics and that is so exciting to uh, for me as a as a reader so that's probably the other comic that i've I've been extremely hyped about uh, as of lately for from Marvel Comics, um, the Immortal Hulk. Uh, it's great. <laughs> Those are quite different. It's it's interesting. It's very different. You've got like very friendly Spider Man, and then mm-hmm. as you described it, the Immortal Hulk. That, how, I'm curious where the two connections are for you. Probably, probably not much connection in the sense of like thematically wise. I, it just happens to be my different moods where, where, you know, I think we all go through different moods of like, you know, sometimes I need a comedy, uh, something lighthearted, or sometimes I need, uh, I need something a little more serious to watch, or I want to watch a documentary or something. And it's sometimes like, well, sometimes I want something a little more meaningful and thoughtful. Um, It's really just different moods. Uh, I've also actually uh, been a huge horror fan as well, as far as like movies go. So I, I enjoy watching old school like horror slasher movies i every halloween i have to rewatch the entire halloween series of with starring michael myers as as a slasher killer i love those movies even if they're like really terrible sometimes um a huge fan of that i'm a huge fan of of john carpenter's the thing where where the alien the alien possesses people but we don't know who the alien is among humans but then when the alien reveals itself, it's always this grossed out moment where like he rips up in his, it, the person's mouth or their face or their stomach and starts killing people with tentacles. That's the kind of, that, that the thing um, is the movie that 
I feel is probably the biggest inspiration, visual inspiration of the Immortal Hulk, because I could definitely see the connection between you know, watching John Carpenter the thing and seeing the gross out moments in the Immortal Hulk, where they have like his his transformations from being a Hulk to regular Bruce Banner or vice versa, completely, completely um, different from his previous comic book incarnations, and it's much more in line with like when the thing transforms from a human into a more alien-like creature, it's, it's so uh, bizarre. It's so grotesque, um, but it works. And it's really, it's really exciting to see. Uh, as far as the Immortal Hulk, the other thing that really hooked me, I've read, I've gone back and I've reread like huge chunks of the Hulk's um, back issues. I've read the, the run from, by Peter David, which spans like over 10 years of Hulk comics. Um, so that really informed me a lot about like the Hulk's the psychology and, and mental state. And you kind of realize that the Hulk has one, it has a lot of different personalities over the years, even like when he was originally written by Stanley, he had a lot of different personalities where sometimes he's really, he, he has that traditional dumb Hulk where he, where he talks in, he doesn't even talk in first person. And then there's sometimes where he's like smart, but just a little bit but like more cunning and and a little bit more like like a mobster and then you have like sometimes he's just like straight up like cruel and and like horrible peter david is run and then later the immortal hulk picked up on it and and expanded more was their their conceit was the hulk or bruce banner has multiple personality disorder or they call it dissociative identity disorder nowadays and that was so exciting to see where where like the Immortal Hulk really clarified that um, that Bruce Banner is not it's not a transformation between Bruce Banner and the Hulk. It's it's the Hulk is a physical manifestation of one of Bruce Banner's personalities, which is which sometimes is childlike, and that's where we get the dumb savage Hulk. And sometimes he's more cunning, which is where we get a where we get the more the more mobster like Gray Hulk. And then sometimes he's just straight up cruel and evil, which is where we get. Um, what the other call also call in there in in the comic the devil hulk so there's so many different personalities and then part of the immortal hulk's run is having the personalities understand each other and work together and to become a stronger hulk figure so this so that was extremely exciting for me uh to to read and even better that because of the fact that they actually took took those ideas from from peter david's run from other hulk runs and they and they combined together and it was in such a way where it's like wow all this makes sense where you feel like that you could ease you could go back and reread um the past 20 years of hulk uh, comics and realize yeah it feels like that they planned it from the beginning they they didn't which makes it even more impressive that they that it feels like they did so very exciting it's interesting that you picked up on the immortal hulk you picked up on mm-hmm. uh spider-man clone wars it's very much mm-hmm. sort of and then leading back into the breakup artist it's very much you seemed very much interested in personality and the deeper meanings behind what people are doing and am i correct there or am i going off in wrong directions yes yes um i guess the i guess the other part uh, a part of me that I should talk about is that is that all the stuff that I've done as far as illustrating writing 
um, uh, contributing to to news sites. That's that's just you know my my side gig, my hobby, whatever. My main job is actually I'm a I'm a psychologist. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> it all makes sense now. So I work at schools. Um, I work with students. I you know really have to go through and you know my my main job, my day job is actually like you know going through that the, the emotions, the personalities, the uh, trying to figure out what's the underlying motivation for people and stuff. So, so all that does it does come into play when I'm interested in in my writing. When I'm interested in in um uh, like what I like to read and consume as far as TV or or comics or whatever. Or and the fact that like that something like uh, going back to the Mortal Hulk. Um, like something like that, it's it's so interesting, exciting because it's excited me as a comic book reader, as a Hulk fan, as a horror fan, but also as a as an actual psychologist. Where it's like, wow, the way they show um, they show his multiple multiple personalities or dissociative identity disorder, that's extremely accurate and 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 pretty. Uh, it's pretty like on point as far as like this is exactly how it is. This is this is how it, how it's usually formed. This is usually the origins of it. This is, this is um a more dramatic version, but like it's more or less this is how a uh, personality would talk to each other or interact with each other, um, in some fashion. So all those so all those things really do like um coalesce and like there's a there's probably like a venn diagram there's like five or six different like of uh, areas of interest for me and then like it just all intersect into this one piece where where and that's where the immortal hook lies <laughs> um so that's <laughs> yeah that's um you you were very perceptive in in saying like oh you're picking up on like on what i'm most interested in or what resonates with me the most um as far as like uh, comics or as far as like what I what I'm interested in like hearing about or talking about mm. that's interesting do you think that's yeah. the the strength of the comics view that's what is that why they've stuck is because they're so good at exploring people's beings it's not just how they act but it's sort of their internal struggle as well it, I I always really appreciate um and, and this is probably probably one of the benefits of long form comic books which is um a long form superhero comic books that lasted for 50 60 years where you really get to know the characters and it really um at some point gets into people's backstories and personality because they've been around for 50 60 years you like at some point you just start going towards that storytelling well um and and it really makes it interesting because then you could really map on a pretty good complex uh story arc going from there and and seeing the characters progress from how they were as even as a child to to their motivations and how that informs them, their beings to become superheroes and to become um adults and how sometimes they they are they could succeed in it and sometimes they fail at it and they're and they're a terrible hot mess but then but but you know why you 
the backstory is there and you could kind of just put the pieces together. So like superhero comics are always fun, always entertaining, always engaging. Um, overall, as a general, like when you take a step back and look at the general character's history or their backstory and background, then it's like, yeah, that's even more cool that all this happened. And it feels like it feels like it's really been something that's been planned out from the beginning when the truth is most of the time superhero comics are written like at the at the seat of their pants where they don't really know what they're doing they just want to try to get get the next issue out that's that's certainly how stan lee used to write comic books where he just was like whatever let's just let's just throw some ideas to the wall and see what sticks and then if it works cool if it doesn't let's just ignore it then and and move on and so sometimes it's really cool like the hulk for example um it really does feel like it really does feel like that a lot of this was planned from the very beginning, which is impossible because the beginning would have been for the Hulk would have been 50, exactly 50 years ago because he was, he was created in 1962. <laughs> so, which is, that's no way that could have happened in real life, but, but it just makes it all that more exciting for me as a reader, because then it, then it becomes a matter of, of, wow, I wonder how the writers, the newer, more more modern writers are going to are going to uh, adjust to this idea, or how are they going to add to this character's history that doesn't that doesn't contradict uh, what's already been said in the past? Or sometimes it's just, sometimes they do just ignore what's happened in the past, and it's like, okay, that's one that's interesting too, and that might get me mad, or it might get me like whatever, depending on on. <laughs> what the past idea was and if it was really a big deal or not. I've read comic books for a really long time. I kind of know, like sometimes I kind of go through cycles or routines or, or um, certain tropes that they have to go through because they're a superhero comic and, and they're not really supposed to, and sometimes they're not that great and sometimes they're really good. Um, but one thing that I didn't notice is that, is that if there's a bad idea, it might stick around for a little while, a couple of years, but then if it's not that great, then it kind of just goes away or people just kind of naturally ignore it. Um, but then if there's a really good idea, then it'll stick around forever. Um, so like going back to, to superhero comics, like, uh, to try to think of a different superhero uh, instead of just the Hulk or Spider-Man, because I feel like I've been gushing about them so much. Uh, <laughs> like, like probably a good example is, um, is like Captain America. There's a, there's been a lot of really good ideas with Captain America. And there's been some really bad ideas that, that have been done with Captain America, including, including one time where like, I don't know, Captain America, get, like, uh, gets uh, gets high off of cocaine and he like starts going crazy and starts picking fights with like with like thugs. I, that's a terrible storyline. Um, even though it was supposed to be at the time, it was supposed to be an anti-drug storyline, but it kind of went horribly awry. Um, but like that's a terrible idea. But then there's some really good ideas that really stuck around, um, like like um, his partner Bucky turning to the Winter Soldier. Like that's such a cool idea, and and it worked. And then. So one piece I'm really appreciative about about the movies um, that we that we have nowadays, especially the Marvel movies, is that they really cherry pick 
some of the best ideas of the characters and they really and they like get rid of the not so good ideas for the characters and they distill it into a pretty good comprehensive narrative where you have a movie that only has like keeps the good stuff around and then ignores the bad stuff or doesn't really talk about the bad stuff that and because that we get some i i personally think that this is also a golden going to age for superhero um film entertainment where most of our a lot of our blockbuster movies are superhero movies now and a lot of people really respond to those um for good reason because they superhero movies are like are a lot uh, they could they are avenue uh, to different things to talk about different things while still being super entertaining because it's a because they're dressed up in costumes and they fight um but but especially like marvel movies they make a really comprehensive narrative um just cherry picking concepts and ideas from the front comic books so that's something that i really appreciate it but because that it makes it it really shows new modern audiences who don't know who aren't familiar with the comic books or aren't familiar with with the character like man this is this this is why this character is so cool now um because like i think i feel like 15 15 20 years ago people either didn't know who iron man was or didn't know who captain america was or thor or if they did they're like I don't care. That, that's a dumb idea. Or like, oh, Captain America, a guy who dresses up in a U.S. flag. That's extremely. That's extremely backwards uh, sounding. Um, but then, like, the movies really, really took their time and they really like distilled down um, the essence of the character and be like, no, guys, this is this is why Captain America is really cool. Not because he dresses in a flag. That's part of it, but not necessarily but because he could do this, or this is what he stands for, or this is what his values are, or this is who he has to fight. And that's, and that makes people, a wide, a wide mainstream audience excited for those characters, for Captain America, for Iron Man, for the Avengers. And because that I, I'm forever like grateful for, for um, the, the Marvel movies to do that. And the, the coolest thing about Marvel movies now, the, the latest Marvel movies now is that, now that they're done with like the initial run of the Avengers after Avengers Endgame, now we're doing in the really deep, deep stuff of like characters that I, I personally, I don't even have any uh, personal affiliation with because, because they're so obscure. I've never, I've never read them or I barely read uh, about them such as, such as like the latest Shang-Chi movie, um, Shang Chi, the who were who's just a he's a Chinese guy who does, who's the master of martial arts, which on the surface sounds kind of like a like a racist trope for Chinese Asian people, but but man, they took the they took what's best about the character, which is him having family conflict and have family drama, and they distilled it into the movie. And now they now because of that I'm excited for for more Shang Chi movies. I I personally love the the Shang Chi movie that came out. A couple of months ago uh, and this is based from a character that before then i had zero emotional attachment to because i've never read any shang chi comics and i've only read him in a handful of, like guest star appearances in other people's comic books um but now i'm i'm a huge fan and hell i am going back and reading uh, reading through the shang chi comics uh, on marvel comics so so that's something that i think is super duper super cool about the superhero movies um good superhero movies nowadays uh 
I, and you know, not to make it sound so Marvel centric, I could say same thing about like DC superhero movies, like same thing with like um, the original Superman movie that came out in the seventies. Like they really took what was really cool about Superman where he really just, where he's upright, he stands for something and they distilled it down to like into a two hour, two and a half hour movie and said, hey, general public, this is what's cool about Superman. And people and people like that. Um, same thing about, about like the Tim Burton Batman movies or the Dark Knight movies. Um, they take what, what's really cool about Batman or what's really cool about the Joker, they distill it down and be like, hey guys, this, this is why you should, why Batman's really cool. Or Wonder Woman's really cool, or Aquaman's really cool, and because that, because now I could have a, a conversation with people about about Aquaman or about or about Shang Chi, like I'm forever like grateful that that that's the environment that that we live in nowadays. Um, because the movie, most of the movies have done a really good job about distilling what is cool, what is good, what is exciting and engaging about the character, and then giving it to the audience in a way that makes them excited for the one excited for the character too. Mm. Do you think I know some of the criticism that people had, particularly with like the Avengers movies, is that they were focusing too much on a certain group of characters and it wasn't helping the wider comic book universe, as it were. Do you think we're now over that peak into the real golden area as you say they're starting to focus on the lesser known characters and this is where people are going to start picking up comic books more i definitely think that um well i guess that's a just i think that's a two-part question first part is about like whether the marvel movies have gotten over that peak of of focusing on too much on certain characters i think the marvel movies have done in general have always done a pretty good job about focusing on on most characters uh, that are not just like the main characters. Um, uh, like it's not always perfect. It was definitely be- probably because Robert Downey Jr. is such a personality, big personality. Like you know, you want to put him in, and he's so ex- he's so expensive as an actor. It's like you want to put him in as much as possible, get your money's worth um, as an actor. But you get a good sense of all the different characters. Like even if it's very small. Like you get a good sense enough where you're like, oh, they're kind of fun or they're kind of interesting. And you and it's at least at the very least a good enough tease where it's like, yeah, I kind of do want to learn more. Like um, for me, like a good example is um, in Captain America Civil War, um, they, you know, it's mostly about Captain America and Iron Man. Sure. But they also introduced the Black Panther in that movie. And they gave him a okay sizable role, but and enough where people are like, "Oh, that's a weird, interesting character. I want to know more about him." And then, so when his movie, his own solo movie came out, it's like, boom! It blew up and into this huge, huge extravaganza thing um, in America, where where everyone was like, was like praising and going crazy over it. And now everyone wants to wants to know more about the just the entire world of the Black Panther, not just him as a character but like the entire world of wakanda or his sister shiri or his or his royal guards uh or or the villain killmonger like everyone wants to know more about that stuff um so i feel like that's an example of like marvel taking a character with a small piece and giving him a small role and then just like later on giving him a much bigger role and and letting people just get 
even more excited. Um, another another uh, example is like is the characters, the Scarlet Witch and Vision, who've always kind of been in the background of Avengers movies or or the Captain America movie. Um, they had like a little bit of a role where it's like you kind of get a taste of oh there she she's a she's a weird like magician like character and he's like a he's an android character and they're like they seem to be flirting and falling in love with each other that's really odd and and interesting but then they slowly like ramp up like their exposure to the point now where this past year they gave them their own um their own series uh uh tv uh, tv series where they focus all on them and people loved it and ate it up so like so yeah it definitely marvel definitely does focus on character uh, on certain characters like you know iron man tony stark captain america thor whatever but i don't i think that they give their ancillary characters and their more minor characters enough meat to and teases to get to see people's like enthusiasm excitement for the characters and then later on they'll spin them off into a bigger role later for for their own benefit and i think it worked out well really 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 wonderfully for for a lot of the marvel characters uh the other piece is whether whether that really necessarily translates into comic books um like more comics being sold which is the answer is no probably not that's a <laughs> that's probably a separate problem in itself because <laughs> Because the American superhero comic book industry is probably a very um, niche marketplace where where they really kind of they're kind of stuck in doing certain things or ideas or that probably really limit their accessibility to modern audiences uh, or to to mainstream audiences. Probably the biggest thing. I don't know why they why they don't why there's not more of a push is American superhero comic books. They, they just don't really like make them that available to, to most people. Like back in the day, they used to be all over the place in, in like grocery stores or newsstands or the bookstores. But like nowadays, most of it, like if you want to pick up individual issues of a comic book, you have to ex- almost exclusively get them at a, the comic book store which is like that's a really rare thing in itself how many comic book stores are there in in north america probably not that many they gotta like bring out their stuff more and i can see that they're trying in certain places they're trying to make it more accessible in certain areas but like that's that's a huge part where they really don't have they don't really have the reach that they used to and they need to really honestly the comic book publishers nowadays need to do better in having in reaching an audience more because the casual audience more because um, they don't they they're really just going off of people who are already like fans and they know how to access the access like where to go for for comic book stores. Well, you know, yeah, but the future is is trying to get kids to get read comic books and if you want kids to read comic books you need to make them available to kids and make them cheaper probably like really cheap like cheaper than say a box of like then uh then pokemon cards or something like it needs to be in my opinion it needs to be cheaper because parents you know are the ones who control the the um a child's allowance and if they see a comic book costs five dollars it's like is it really worth it or <laughs> 
Or would you prefer to put that $5 towards saving it to buy a video game? It's like, well, that's not a choice there uh, for at least fiscally, in my opinion. Yeah. Unfortunately, unfortunately, the American comic book industry is it's probably a little insular for lack of a better term. And they got to do better uh, in, in trying to do outreach and get more, more kids to get to actually buy their products because because otherwise it's going to be it's just going to be like old middle-aged guys buying comic books which is you know fine but kind of kind of like a small audience if you, in a in a grand scheme of things say there are kids listening there are parents listening um who are looking at these comics and thinking oh should i shouldn't i what would you say to to kids, to adults who are looking, who, as you say, are holding the money, what would you say to them to say that comic books are worth the investment, that it's worth giving them a go? What would you say to them to convince them to give it a try? Comic books are, are a relatively cheap um, avenue of entertainment. They're definitely a lot cheaper than, than buying a $65 PS5 game. And, and you don't have to worry about kids getting as addicted to them as as like psi game where um you don't have to worry about like the potential screen time problem that they have but also comic books are surprisingly superhero even superhero comics they're surprisingly educational you you could learn a lot from superhero comics in itself um including you give the kids opportunities to read because a lot of times kids really do struggle with reading because because they don't know they think reading oh it's either like those really long literary books or textbooks from school i don't want to do that so they don't read but you need to give kids cool fun stuff to read that's short that's that's brief that's as fun and it could be and with comic books you're accompanying it with words with words and pictures and if it's about spider-man that's even better um so you got to give kids something to uh, to read and if it's something fun like and an air and light and airy like comic books uh, like superhero comics totally uh, totally do it because then the kids will graduate to reading you know more serious books more graphic novels actual actual novels um that's, that's what happened with me where where that's how i graduated and learned my reading skills that's how i learned a lot of vocabulary skills um if you read the old 60s comics with with Stanley. Stanley loves using like the source and dictionary to like look up really obscure random um new vocabulary words um to to hype up his comics. But because of that, I've learned I've learned a pretty good amount of vocabulary words from reading old comic books. Also beyond that, like the actual content of the comic of a superhero comic is the moral is always good, which is there's good guys, they're bad guys. What you need to do, what the superheroes do is they always try to stand up and fight for for what's good and right. However that is, however that looks to you personally, I'm sure it could be different. But in general, it's a good moral to have to be like you want to stand up and and fight for what uh, what's the good and right or be responsible, which is pretty much the theme for every Spider-Man comic book, being responsible. So they have really good morals. It's a cheap avenue of entertainment. 
it's a great source for teaching kids how to read better and it's just fun and engaging and and probably a really good bridge between getting kids excited from watching the cartoons or movies to actual reading. You can follow Eric on social media at MeleeArt, that's M-E-E-L-E-E-A-R-T, both on Twitter and Instagram. His website is also MeleeArt.com, and you can search for his comic, The Breakup Artist, on Webtoons.com. You can also find Eric's writing on both FantasticUniverses.com and DarkNightNews.com. All links are available in the show notes. You can contact the show at Era of Geek on social media or head to superdummy.co.uk slash geek. If you like the show, please do leave a review and tell your friends. You can also leave a review on podchaser.com. 